As a business leader, have you ever struggled to keep your team engaged and motivated? Have you found it challenging to build a strong company culture that values and recognizes the hard work of your employees? If so, you're not alone. The good news is there is a solution. OC Tanner has been helping organizations like yours for almost a century by providing personalized employee recognition solutions to improve workplace culture. Their insightful expertise, elevated employee experiences, and intuitive technology fuel thriving workplaces and improve business results. By partnering with OC Tanner, you can create a positive workplace culture where your employees feel valued and appreciated, do their best work, and want to stay. So if you're looking to build a stronger and more cohesive team, head over to octanner.com slash C-S-E-A to learn more. Thanks to OC Tanner for sponsoring this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the Adrian Tan Show, the podcast where we explore the latest trends and insights on the future of work. I'm your host Adrian Tan and I'm here to bring you inspiring conversations with leaders and experts who are shaping the world of work with their vision and innovation. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have Kevin Barfield as my guest. Kevin is the VP and Chief Technology Officer Solutions for Salesforce ASEAN, the global leader in customer relationship management. He's responsible for leading a team of solution architects who help customers across Southeast Asia transform their businesses with Salesforce solution. So without further ado, let's welcome Gavin to the show. Hi, Gavin. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Adrian. Good to, good to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope I got your introduction right, but in case there might be some parts that I missed out, could you just do a quick one for our listeners? Yeah, that's right. I think you did a great job. Yeah, I'm the, C- the CTO and Vice President for Solution Solutions at Salesforce. I really look after a team of engineers who work with our clients to bring Salesforce technology into their businesses. I used to be a client. I was the CIO for a number of companies in the Philippines prior to joining Salesforce. Hopefully we'll have a great chat today about what we're doing in Salesforce and then bring in some of the stuff that I used to do in my former life. Let's talk about this survey that was recently conducted on AI digital skills in Singapore. What are some of the most surprising or interesting findings that you guys discovered? There's huge excitement over AI, in particular around generative AI. Look at how this has exploded in the last six months. So in Salesforce, we thought this is a great time to reach out and really understand what was happening in the market and understand, as you said, particularly around the digital skills side of it. So we looked globally, but the data I'll talk about now is for the Singapore respondents. So in, in Singapore, around 72% were excited about the prospect of using generative AI for their jobs. So we saw some real excitement, and I'm sure today we'll talk about some of those really exciting use cases that are coming up. But interestingly, only 15% said that they're using AI in their day-to-day role. Now, that could be a result of them not knowing that they use AI. AI isn't built into these products. Not everybody knows they use it. But I think it also points to the fact that there's a huge market there and a huge potential to increase the use of AI. And as I said, when we start looking at new technology like generative AI, I think that will explode. And now I think what it really says is that there needs to be more digital readiness in the workplace because nearly all, 98% of the respondents believe that businesses should prioritize the AI skills in employee learning and development. So really started to look at the fact that there's a great potential, great excitement, and a skills gap. And personally for you, where do you stand? Are you part of the 15% where you use AI on a regular basis? We do. We use AI regularly in Salesforce, and we have done since our first AI product was launched in 2016. As I said, it's not always evident when you're using AI. In everyday applications, we're using it inside and outside work in everyday sort of products that we use. Uh, but in Salesforce, we've used it extensively. And uh, in fact, I've just come up with a, 
our forecasting call, which we do each week. And we use our Einstein AI technology here to be able to give us a sort of independent view, if you like, a data-driven view on some of the opportunities and prospects we're doing. And it's very interesting actually to look at what our Einstein prediction comes up with in terms of the chances of a job selling or opportunity progressing versus what our human sales teams say. Now, that doesn't mean we take the AI as the arm, but what it does do is allows us to deep dive a little bit further because the AI has not got any bias and it's working on a purely on a data set. So we're able to flag up areas that we can say, hey, Einstein is saying this, your chances of this might be low. The salesperson is saying the chances of this might be high. Let's have a look mm. and understand why the differences occur. And I remember coming across Einstein in a trade show many years ago, which is probably why when ChatGPT first came into the picture, I wasn't really that surprised because I've seen something similar in the skin of Salesforce Einstein. Could you also elaborate more on that for audience who may not be familiar with Einstein? What are some of the common use cases that users would be leveraging Einstein on? Einstein has been in our product since 2016 and operates at scale. We do over 1 trillion Einstein predictions on our platform per week. So that's over 200 odd billion per day. So this thing operates at scale. And what it's doing is really doing things like propensity to buy, propensity to churn models, next actions. It's utilizing data to help customer service agents, to help sellers, to help marketers be able to understand what a customer's next step might be from a purely data-driven approach. But what's exciting now is this generative AI. So this has burst onto the scene over the past six months. But again, this is not new to Salesforce. We have a, a AI research team. In fact, the only AI research team out of the US and Salesforce is based here in Singapore. For many years, they've been working on early versions and iterations. We had our own co-generative tool launched and we have our own large language models that we've been developing. Um, but what we're now able to do is combine Salesforce's proprietary AI with Salesforce's data, the data that's in AI, with these public data sources and these public generative models. And that's opening up a crazy world of new opportunities, I think. And in, in your experience with dealing with generative AI, how, would, how could one actually use generative AI in their own work or businesses? What are some of the best practices or tips that you have come across that you can share with others? Virtually every day on our internal Slack channels, there's more use cases, more ideas coming up. We're launching three products coming out on generative AI. We have Einstein GPT, basically takes those proprietary models I discussed that's in the side sales force, CRM data, generative AI from its public large language models, it combines all of those things together to create a completely new experience. And I'll talk about some of those use cases. Uh, in a second, Slack, which Slack is our collaboration tool. I'm sure many of you listeners use Slack. Fantastic opportunity to bring GPT technology into there. Both the ability to help you write Slack posts, help you write messages to generate those messages. And uh, I don't know if you have the same thing, but if I'm away from Slack for a while, I go back and there's a channel which may have 30 different messages and I have to read through the whole lot to try to catch up. Can we meet on Friday? I can't do Friday. Can we do Tuesday? Can you read through all of these? What is and while you're doing that, new ones are coming in. Exactly. That's right. And you're never ending. So what's great is this, I'm really looking forward to the features coming to allow you to summarize conversation. So you could take the conversation, you could use the generative AI and you could just say summarize. And it will say a discussion happened about the meeting scheduling that was agreed to be doing Tuesday. So I don't need to read those 30, 40 messages going back and forward. So interesting things coming to Slack. And then of course we have Tableau as our data and analytics platform. And these GPT technologies are going to be used to make you able to access data in a much more interactive way to understand data. So you can ask questions and you can get the GPT technology to describe 
uh, describe the data, describe the patterns. I can see that particularly useful instead when I need to give a summary, instead of giving a report, I can just ask a generative technology and it may say sales are up 5% year on year, but exchange rate is down by 3%, making a total revenue projection mm. of this and this. So it's giving me a sort of narrative around it. And that can be accompanied with the visualization of the data as well. So the, there is a common theme here, which I think is really to make it so much easier to gain access to very specific information. I think in the grand scheme of things right now, companies and businesses have vast amount of information. In fact, too much data, but many times you don't really know how to make the best sense out of it. And how does this connect to that? So by having the ability to quiz your system in a very intuitive manner, I think that would really be helpful. And drawing the attention over to the Singapore workers who would require AI skills to help them leverage on all this. The survey, as you mentioned earlier on, only 15% of Singapore workers have AI skills. It does seem like a huge gap there. How do you think businesses can close this gap and accelerate the adoption of AI skills among their employees? We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. A common challenge that many business leaders face is how to keep their employees motivated and engaged. If your team is feeling disconnected or disengaged, it can impact productivity and retention. Fortunately, there's a solution. Ositana is dedicated to creating meaningful employee recognition solutions for companies all over the world. With their innovative tools and services, you can celebrate the accomplishments of your employees and teams drive performance, and build a sense of community. Thousands of the most respected organizations around the world rely on OC Tanner software and services to help their people thrive at work. The results? Improve morale, increase productivity, and reduce turnover. So if you're ready to take your company culture to the next level, visit octanner.com slash C, that is S-E-A today. Thanks to OC Tanner for sponsoring this episode. I think if you look at skills, there's, there's, it's, there's no one skill set you need. It's different skill sets. So, of course, you're going to need people who can develop AI technologies, researchers, people who understand how these large language models work. Traditionally, these are people from data science background, from mathematics, from statistics, from analytic backgrounds. So there's going to be a skills gap in terms of making sure that companies have the skills to be able to develop AI technology. But I think the wider skills gap is around the users, around people who will use AI in every in their everyday life. And I think that's where the skill gap really needs to be closed. And that's understanding how is it best to use AI? What are the use cases? How is it best to prompt the AI to get the right actions from it? When to use AI and when not to use AI? What is the best sort of opportunity to use this? And also bringing in an ethical view as well, making sure people understand that whole ethics and trust thing that is very critical at the moment with these new AI technologies coming into play. And how would you imagine companies create this supportive environment that encourage really our employees to embrace and learn from AI? Because there are also a lot of people who constantly would fear new technology and sometimes resist it and sometimes may even see it with disdain because just like the Luddites, you would think that it is coming to take over my job. Yeah. I'm not going to use it entirely. What would you have to say to this group of people? I think you've got to look at these things from a business lens. And that's really where Salesforce is coming from. We're really trying to look at how do we contextualize and make this, this technology relevant to real business problems that we're solving. We're not doing this as a sort of a experiment or as a case study. We're doing this to actually, to actually bring real business benefits. So I think it's important to be able to show people how the business, how AI is going to be able to affect them and then able to make them work more productive. 
allow them to, to become almost like a personal assistant. So take a lot of the mundane work, a lot of the less value work off of people and allow the people to really focus on the higher value activities. And I think that's going to be, just be critical on how we successfully use AI. It's not here to replace people. And in fact, a lot of use cases always have a human in the loop, but it's here really to allow people to work on higher value tasks to deliver better customer experience and to deliver more customer magic and less time researching and crafting responses and searching around for data. And are you able to share with us some examples or stories of how some businesses were using Salesforce to leveraging the AI capabilities to achieve certain level of results or outcome? And also importantly, what can we learn from them? Yeah, I can give a few examples. Let me give an example first of where we think some of this could go in terms of some potential use cases, because I think that they're interesting. And then I'll talk a little bit about some of the clients that we're trialing this stuff and working with on. You know, what, one example that we've been looking internally is, is that of a, of a outdoor clothing company, right? So you're, you're operating an outdoor clothing company, you sell jackets, et cetera. Put yourself in the position of a customer service agent. Customer comes along and says, I bought a jacket from you last year and I'm going to Canada skiing this winter. Will it be suitable? So then what happens is a customer service agent now has to go on a journey to go and find out all this information. They need to firstly find out what jacket the customer bought. So what's your email address? Let me look this up. Okay, I know what jacket you bought. Then they need to go and get some public data. What is the temperature going to be like in Canada in winter? So they go and search online and find this data. Then they need to pick up the product catalog to find out what the rating of that particular jacket is. Okay, it's minus four degrees. Then they have to put all that together and craft a response in a nice, easy to understand way back to the customer. So this is you know, time consuming. And from a customer experience perspective, they're either waiting or on the phone, or they have to wait for a response. Now, if you put that in the context of the generative AI that Salesforce are doing for Einstein GPT, we're able to combine a number of things together. We can take that data, that private data on what the customer has bought because is connected to our CRM. So we now know this is what the customer bought. We are also take the private data on the product catalog because that's within the CRM as well. So we know the rating of the jacket. We can go out and pull public information on the weather, and then we can use a generative AI to come up with a lovely response, which says you purchased this jacket, this particular model, it is rated for minus four, Canada can get down to minus 10. You may want to look at, look at other options. And then critically, we can use those private models I mentioned that have been around for years in Einstein GPT to think about what's the next best action. So our own model can then come along and say, actually, the next best action may be in a liner. It goes underneath the jacket. So then you can push that to the customer as well. And you can say, here's the solution. You can buy an inner liner, which means you can now handle temperatures of up at minus 15, and that should be sufficient. So if you think about that example I've given, the old way involves lots of research, putting lots of data together, peating everything together. But if you then take something like Einstein GPT, the ability to access public information, the ability to access the large language models to generate a response, but critically to put that in the context of, of the customer's purchase, and put that in the context of the product that you're doing, then it becomes particularly powerful. There's some, I think there's some fantastic use cases and I could give hundreds more examples of what we're looking at. Talking about real clients, one, one close to my heart, I'm British, is John Lewis Partnership. John Lewis is a fantastic retailer in the UK, and he also runs the brand of Waitrose, one of the food retailers as well. And they've been using Tableau GPT to really empower employees to make inventory decisions, to predict demand and to stock the right product. 
particularly in things like bakery items where they're cooking fresh bakery items each day, they're able to use this predictive technology to understand what they should be baking to, to make sure that the right products are there fresh at the right time and that they're not over or under under baking so they don't have wastage or they don't have people who can't get the product. So you're utilizing vast amount of data to actually tell somebody how many croissants to bake or how many loaves of bread are likely to sell at what time of the day. And they've been reached that has helped them reduce wastage and has helped them really optimize their operations. And being at the yeah. forefront of all this, I'm very certain you keep tap on all the latest and upcoming AI development. What are some other new exciting development that really keep you fully excited and you really hope that it's something that could even be out quicker and for, for you guys to infuse it into Salesforce. The generative AI stuff is really cool and yeah, making it really great waves. But I think if you look at the future, as we start developing these models, the ability to then bring in voice, to bring in images, to bring in videos, et cetera, is really interesting as well. So I can see future iterations of this, not just producing text response, but being able to produce video responses, audio responses, bring in images, generate images, that those areas are still in the infancy, but very interesting potential around there as well. There may be over leverage on AI and ChatGPT as well, because there are certain limitations to what it can produce right now. And there might be even some concerns about just using it straight up because some of the stuff is many people who have used ChatGPT will know that it's completely made up. Some of the links doesn't exist. So what are some of those cautionary gut reels that you believe people might want to bear in mind and put in place to ensure they don't get some pushback or some or some bad situation as they continue to explore generative AI and other form of AI? I think this goes back to training, goes back to understanding where to use it to understand the limitations. And also, as I said before, it's about having a human in the loop. It's not about generating things automatically and just sending them off. It's about having a human who can understand that. In the example I gave earlier of the clothing manufacturer, you still have a customer service agent. You still have a customer service agent looking at the response, editing it, changing it. That data, it gets back in to improve, improve the model in terms of from the Salesforce side. So it's always having a human in the loop and it's always being able to understand that, as you said, the limitations of what it can do. Trust ethics around this is a real, real big topic of discussion. And Salesforce has been investing heavily. We've developed an office of ethical AI, and we're really, you'll hear much more from us coming out on our views on how this technology can be brought in an ethical way. And we really want to be the trusted AI provider where we really make sure that we take care of customers' data as we always have and utilize these new technologies, but utilize these new technologies in a very trusted way. Thank you so much. And for people who may be keen to find out more about Salesforce AI Initiative, as well as maybe to learn more about yourself, where can they go to? Online, there's plenty of stuff online. So obviously you can check out our website, salesforce.com. But I think what will be great is for people to, to look at our learning platform. So we have a learning platform called Trailhead. The content on there is free. There's a large amount of content on there that you can subscribe to. You can join as a learner and you can take courses on a lot of these topics. So we really encourage people to understand more about the technology by utilizing Trailhead and some of our other resources out there. We really want to overinvest in helping. And to your point earlier on skills, I think companies like Salesforce have a duty and obligation to help industry and to help academic institutions, et cetera. And this is why we've just signed a partnership with 
ITE to help mm. develop CRM skills for 7,500 students. And as I said, a lot of the stuff we offer in Trailhead is for free as well. So there's a mine of information out there and really great resources to learn. Awesome. And with that, I think really helps company to not just create the supportive environment, but also to find a source of resources to help enable and to encourage the adoption of all these AI skills within their workforce. And also for the individuals out there, even if you're not part of an organization, but you're just keen to learn, there is troves of information that Salesforce is providing for you to really get started on this AI journey. And with that, thank you so much for your time, Gavin, for coming onto the show and to share more with us about Salesforce the initiative and also more on this AI skills survey. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adrian. Great to speak to you. And that's it for this week's episode. Before we sign off, we want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, OC Tanner. As a business leader, you know that one of the biggest challenges is creating a positive workplace culture where your employees feel valued and appreciated. That's where OC Tanner comes in. Their award-winning recognition solutions are designed to help you celebrate the accomplishments of your employees and teams, drive performance, and build a strong sense of community. Your employees will feel more connected to your organization, which can result in increased loyalty and reduced turnover. So if you're looking to create a culture of appreciation in your organization, head over to octanner.com slash C, that is S-E-A, to learn more. Thanks again to OC Tanner for sponsoring the show. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.